What are some roadblocks that we might experience as we strive to develop our daily walk with God? You know, Jesus wants us to abide in Him as He teaches in John 15. He is the vine and we are the branches, and we are totally dependent upon Him. However, Satan wants just the opposite. He wants us to get discouraged and to give up. Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with The Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today for this, our third of four podcasts that start to address the issue of having a daily devotional time with the Lord. It's easy to run up against roadblocks and hindrances, isn't it? Particularly as we strive to walk with the Lord. Satan pushes back, doesn't he? I remember on multiple occasions over the years when I've wanted to start a new habit, memorizing scripture on a regular basis, or start a new Bible study, and there would be roadblocks that seemed to pop up. I was too tired. I had new or more responsibilities at work. The kids had needs in their lives. You know, this is all very normal and very common to our experience. Let's hear some thoughts as we start with Art's helpful comments on the vine and the branches from John 15. John chapter 15 is his favorite of mine. Uh, you know, Jesus' sports was just teaching uh, people as he was traveling through the vineyards, but the illustration of our father is the vine dresser, you know, John 15, 5, apart from him, I can do nothing. And 15, 7, and 8, abiding in him, his words abiding. And just the, the practicality of that, you know, am I really, you know, remoting? I can be hitting the remote button, or am I remaining uh, really connected to him and the relationship of him living out his life in, in me? There's a verse in, uh, in Luke that comes to my mind very often to put me in the right frame of mind. Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he said, So you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, you should say, We're unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. And so for a long time, and still today, I get up, I'm sleepy, things on my mind, stuff I want to do. Uh, there is that motivation of duty, I can't ignore that. It is there sometimes. I, I find that it's, it is changing to delight. Uh, I prefer it to be a delight rather than a duty that I want to be with him. But it it's always helps me to remember that, that that's the very least. He, he is waiting for me. He wants me. He wants me to communicate with him. He, and, and that, I don't understand that. I, I can't grasp that. So the least I can do is to respond positively and, and, and do what he asked me to do. That's good. That reminds me of the illustration in My Heart, Christ's Home by uh, Munger, that little, little booklet, and you're probably familiar with it, but the idea that the Lord Jesus is waiting, I think, down by the fireplace of our hearts and for us to spend time with him. He is actually enjoying that and seeks that. And that's just a mind-blowing concept. So, um, And when we rush past that, getting on to our daily activities, it actually is disappointing to him. So thanks for sharing that, Noah. I think it's an issue of priority for me. I know that this should be the most important thing I do, is to focus on my Lord. I don't always do that, 
but I but I do know that it's the most important thing. We've kind of touched on this a little bit, but how about the, I guess you'd say the negative side, the hindrances we run against, what run up against as we try to have a develop our personal inner life with the Lord. What are some some hindrances that we run up against, and how can we um, address those? I uh, we had a good discussion. The group of guys I was meeting with, you know, I, I asked them some of these questions to kind of get some of their input too. And we, we were all on the same page with, with many of them is, you know, for those who have kids, kids can be a challenge if, if you're, you know, depending on how that works, you know, sleep. Um, and just, and one of them that we talked about a lot was just lack of direction, you know, not having a plan. So I think it's really important that, um, at least for me, if I don't have, you know, I think the, the, the win in a quiet time is you've got to have a plan before you sit down and do it. So if you're going to do it in the morning, it's really the night before where that, happens to, to make that work. And I, and I, I want to maybe credit this to Gary McGee or some, some other navigator guy at a conference bumped into, but they would, you know, somebody said one time, you, you can't soar with the Eagles if you stay up hooting with the owls. And, um, you know, if, if you're going to try to have a quiet time in the morning, you, you've got to, you know, it starts the night before of getting your life in order to get in bed and having something set up, ready to go for when you wake up to, to not fumble through it and not lack a, a direction what you're doing. But whether it's a Bible reading plan or devotional book or something, having something that gives you some structure to that to, to lead you through it, I think is a big thing. Um, and with, you know, so that, that kind of tackles a little bit of the sleep and the, and the lack in a direction. And, and like I said, with, you know, if, if somebody's struggling with consistency, then, then having a, you know, an accountability partner or another group of guys to help them be consistent is a big thing. I think to help with that, and, you know, with kids, like I said, that's uh, teaching them to, to be able to, um, you either get it before everybody else gets up or, uh, you know, being able to do it together and uh, turn it into a family devotional or something like that. Uh, I really echo what Ryan was saying. I think uh, you really need to to plan in advance. I think distraction can be a big one. And so if I'm trying to have my quiet time in a distracting place, I need to choose a better place. If if my children are a distraction, which they are, I need to get up before them and, and also help teach them that, like, this is daddy's time with the Lord. Uh, and this is an important time. Um, I think not bringing my phone is, is a big deal, either having it on uh, airplane mode or just not having it with me. I, I bought an old school watch. I did not have one, but I bought an old school watch because I, I wanted to stop being so dependent on my phone to even just know the time. And so I could just better be distant from that urgent distraction machine um, that I usually have in my pocket. Um, and I think, yeah, it, I, it, for consistency, I really need to figure out in advance uh, a time that I'm going to have my quiet time, a place that I'm going to have my quiet time and a plan for what I'm going to do and read during my quiet time. And if I don't have those in place, it's often not going to happen or it's not going to go very well. I think another hindrance to me is, is inability to focus. I have a wandering mind that, uh, you know, I begin thinking about God's word. And next thing you know, I'm thinking about breakfast uh, or what I'm going to do tomorrow. Um, and so for me, it often helps to read. If, if I'm like by myself, I'll, I'll actually read my Bible out loud. Uh, and I'll talk to God out loud as if he's in the room with me because he is. Uh, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to him. And uh, journaling also really helps focus my mind. Uh, so a lot of people talk about journaling, but that really helps me a lot to overcome that hindrance. And I'll even, you know, with consistency, Ryan mentioned accountability. Uh, and I'll have guys where um, when we're struggling to have consistent time with the Lord, we do what we call a 30-day challenge where every day we check in when we have our quiet time and share something that God has really shown us in the word. Um, and then if someone misses a day, we start the, the clock over. And the goal is to have 30 days in a row that we're spending time with the Lord. 
So I think just having someone who's with me in that usually helps a lot. Those are great, great ideas. Chris, do you have some thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go at this a little differently um, and quite frankly, probably a little more vulnerable than I planned on being today. But um, I thought of two areas that we might not think of as hindrances, and that's shame and guilt. It might prevent us from wanting to spend time with the Lord. Maybe even one where we have a theology that's really uh, in our minds, not a good theology. And let me give you an example. Um, I know of times in my life where if you asked me about God, I would, if you would have listened to me, you would have thought he was sort of angry, that he wasn't very happy, that maybe he was keeping uh, an account of my, my good things and my bad things. And I don't think God is an angry accountant. Um, and after I, over the years, realized that God is actually happy, he's accessible, God is friendly, and he's an extremely competent being. And when I began to see God as a happy, competent being and not angry, uh, and that because guilt in my life has never been a very profitable motivator, guilt hasn't helped me. Um, do anything. And so as I just take this about hindrances, of course, we all are dealing with phones, technology, uh, too many commitments, too many interests, distractions, activities. We could all say, wow, I'm, I'm guilty of that one. But I also think for me, I just wanted to bring up a real vulnerable thing, and that is shame and guilt. And once I realized that God is the most loving being and joyous being on the, he's just the most joyous being. So I, when I come to him, no matter my situation, um, I find that I want to be with him and he's there accessible. He's willing to listen. And so that gives me a lot of energy to want to spend time with him. When, when the theology matches the person of God, who is, is a happy God. Mm -hmm. I hope I I don't know if that's wacko or, or if that helps at all, but um, that's kind of how I feel about it. That's great. I think that really speaks to a lot of people, Chris. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. It does to me. I know we, <clears throat> when I get um, swamped down by my attitude and my sins and my thought life, and I really think God doesn't want to spend time with me, but that's, that's not right. And so thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Other thoughts about hindrances? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think as listening here, there there is a third member of the Trinity, and he dwells in me. Uh, it's really easy to think it's all up to me to have this quiet time, but I have found that times without number that the Holy Spirit of Jesus has reminded me. He brings it to my mind uh, that he's there, that he wants, because there's no way that I can communicate with the Godhead apart from him, right? Um, 1 Corinthians 2 says that we do have the mind of Christ because we have the Spirit of Christ in us. So it's just good for me to re remind myself ever so often that I'm not alone, that it isn't all up to me to get this. And I've also understood, and I think it's true, if we'll do the same thing every day for about seven weeks, it becomes a habit. And I think that's why my, my discipler started with two weeks and wanted me to do it another two weeks, you know, 
these small bites and formed a habit. But, uh, and I'm sure you all would agree, there's times when it just comes to your mind that you need to be somewhere and do something. Just just to bring that to mind, we're not by ourselves. This, this isn't a matter of our willpower or our effort or even necessarily our own emotional desires. It's what God wants. And he has a way of getting what he wants. And I'm sure glad. Richard Spann who shared with all of us, you know, his five uh, criteria of establishing priorities, you know, that which is essential, the things that are necessary, the things that are good, the things that we should delegate, the things that we should limit. And I guess just from a practicality, you know, I think uh, of having a quiet time, for me, I've, I've decided that Hey, getting exercise uh, is something that is necessary for me, but I've also got gotten freedom in the idea that that is an evening project for me. Uh, you know, right after work is the time for me to exercise, and that's really given me freedom to know that, hey, I have this time in the morning with the world. So the essential is taking priority over uh, something that is necessary uh, and even good, but that that has really given me freedom in establishing, you know, just in a practical way. And I and I think of the things that Richard has shared with has really been helpful in just making priorities practical. Art was sharing some ways to prioritize our lives. Lauren Sani, former president of the Navigators, first shared these five categories of activities in our lives, and then Richard Spann, former director of the Kansas Community's Ministry of the Navigators, expanded and expounded on these in a blog which is well worth the read. I linked that to that blog in the show notes accompanying this podcast. The five categories are things which are essential, things which are necessary, things which are good, things we need to delegate, and things we need to eliminate. He shares that there are things in our lives which are essential, things which last for eternity, such as our daily walk with the Lord and sharing the Lord with other people. Also, he talks about things which are necessary in our lives, such as our work, taking care of the material goods the Lord has blessed us with, and so on. Thirdly, he talks about things which are good. This is a large category, isn't it? Could be travel, sports, organizations that we become involved with. The list is virtually endless. And then there are things which we should delegate to others. Finally, there are some things which need to be eliminated, things that use our time but are not useful in the big picture. We would urge each of us to take a look at that excellent article that is linked in the show notes and take a look at those activities in our lives and decide which things fall into which category. Next time we hear about how to spend a longer time with the Lord and some concluding thoughts about our daily quiet time. Join me again as we learn together more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.